You're listening to the podcast version of Spark TV, an interview series with the world's most inspiring women in business. These are honest business conversations over a glass of wine to help you shortcut your success in business. I'm your host, Danielle Lewis, three times founder, huge wine enthusiast, and always willing to share all of the gory business details to help you grow your business, no matter what that looks like to you. If you want more spark in your business, check out our membership spark 365 for daily business growth tips at sparkfoundersprogram.com and a huge shout out to spark TV sponsor IP Australia for their amazing support of the spark podcast and women in business. Oh my God, Steph, we're here and you have Hello. wine. Oh, you know, weekday, Wednesday wine. I love it. I'm so down for this. <laughs> also, like we're so on brand, like you with the red wine and the red hair, me with the bubbles, yellow wine, yellow well, hair. hair. <laughs> so good. I, I love it. Like we've just really done this right today. <laughs> yeah. I always um, see a bubble in your hand. Well, you know, I think it's an important part of business that isn't talked about enough. Coping mechanisms. I like it. <laughs> Absolutely. I need to put a, like a responsible service of alcohol disclaimer on this podcast, I think. Oh, my God. But thank you. Enough about me. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited to chat. We've known each other for a little while now. Um, so excited to share your business story with the Spark community. Yeah, it's good to know you on a personal level. And now I get to do fun things like this with you, a podcast. Yes. So good. So why don't we start with just telling everybody who you are and what you do? So I am Stephanie Dutter. I own the Genie Design Studio and we're a full service branding and web design studio. And um, yeah, throughout the years, like I found that I started in print design and I worked lots of retail brands and B2B, B2C, every type of marketing team, then moved into social media when that started becoming a thing and then learned website design eventually. And I thought, why not put that into one business um, and clients have the one person to work with the whole way through. Um, and I get great feedback on that. And that's how the Genie Design Studio was born. Oh my God. I love it. I love it. And it's so true, isn't it? I, um, I work with a few clients who have a different agency for every task yeah. and everyone's always competing and everyone's always doing something a little bit different and comms suck. So I love the idea of having it all in the one place. Yeah. I think branding has always been such an important pillar of everything that I do. So mm. when you have one designer to work on everything, it's super consistent. The messaging's consistent. Um, obviously you need to work with a few other creatives to make it happen, but um, yeah, the end product is really seamless every time. That's so good. And why, so tell me then in your opinion, for us business owners out there, why is that consistency of brand actually important? Yeah, I, I think just because uh, online businesses are just so saturated, anyone create a, can create a website um, and anyone can kind of get a brand um, online for fairly cheap. But I think when people are trying to choose between two different businesses online, they're going to pick the one that has a better online presence that's easy to use. Um, mm. And I say it all the time, it's about building brand trust and I think when you're um when people are visiting websites 
the one that's easy to use and that looks cleaner and looks more professional is the one that people think, oh, this person knows what they're doing, um, so I can trust them and I can trust their product. So I think that that is just going to help your sales across the board when you have that strong visual presence and consistency. Yeah, it's really interesting because I know like um, in a lot of business advice, we say, be scrappy, just get something live, just do it. And it's like, I think that that does hold merit for um, maybe the very, very beginning, but you are so right. Like if you think about yourself as a consumer, if you were shopping around and like, I mean, you take what I do, for instance, like, you know, in influencer marketing, right? There's plenty of agencies out there that do influencer marketing. So why come to me? You'll come to me because, yeah, you resonate with my messaging. You resonate with the brand and the style, the content we're putting out. And if that's all over the place, then, mm-hmm. you know, and I, th- I don't even think it's like conscious. I think consumers like go to your website or go to your socials. And if it's just confusing, they go. Yeah. Yeah. But with like a strong brand, then they kind of just, it's something just clicks and that helps yeah. them to take that leap into contacting you. Yeah. And I think 100%, a lot of people can, you know, start off doing on their own um, and, have some really beautiful results, especially when they're first getting it off, um, getting their business off the ground. But um, the further down that business path you go, you really want to have solid foundations um, Mm. to build on. Um, I think one thing I love about your brand for Spark is I think you are your brand and that's always so, um, yeah, the value of you being your own um, ambassador for your brand I think is so powerful. I think you've done that really consistently with your brand I try I try (laughs) (laughs) I know it's interesting though isn't it like the difference between having a brand that's like a brand Mm. versus a brand that is like heavily driven by the founder and I always find that a really hard um like line to kind of straddle (laughs) for want of a better word um you know to kind of figure out because you've also got to think about the end game as well, right? Like, where is yeah. this actually going? Do I, is if it's all about me, you know, does that limit my options for the future? Does it seem small if it's about me? So mm. I really, I don't know. Do you have any advice to people that are trying to figure out how to like, you know, make that decision whether it should be just themselves as a personal brand? Also, like if you decide to make it just all about you, do you still have to think about branding? I think you still have to think about branding when you're when it is all about you because um just your personality would Mm. then be your brand's personality and you really want that to shine through because when people are looking to work with you they're looking for personalities that match um so if your personality shines through then I think Mm. um that'll shine through your brand as well um at the moment, the junior design studio is definitely, I'm the face of the brand um, mm. and I love that and I, my clients really love that as well. Um, so I'm definitely running with that um, in terms of whether people are deciding. Um, yeah, definitely don't fence it, like either go down mm. that path of um, fully embracing yourself as the owner and the face or um, if you want, if you do want to, take a step back and, you know, be able to leave your business occasionally, um, then maybe the agency pathway and kind of branding for yourself is 
a better look because at least you have other people you can kind of rely on to pass things off on. Mm. Um, at the moment, I'm, uh, you know, still in the first few years of my business. So I want to be here and I want to be working with the clients, you know, every day. Um, so, and I'm still loving that. So mm. that's a really enjoyable first part of business. And I, like, I think people should enjoy that first part of business. Totally. I think um, that's such a good point because I think it doesn't matter what stage of business you're at, you can choose to be stressed out. Like yeah. in the very beginnings when there's like heaps of hustle for when they're, oh my God, I've landed a whole bunch of clients and I don't know how I'm actually going to service them or the, oh my God, I've now got to hire people. Like you can literally choose to be stressed out every step of the way. So yeah. I like that idea of actually stopping to enjoy it. Um, and I want to something stuck in my mind before that you said around brand and, you know, how, yes, you can kind of be scrappy in the first instance, but then sitting down and actually establishing your brand and getting somebody yeah. to professional to work on it. Because one thing that's annoying me at the moment is Canva templates. Yeah. <laughs> like I see all of these brands cropping up that just look like Canva templates. Mm, yeah. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Canva's yeah. great. I, I use it for some of my things, but I try not to use any templates. I try and create my own just mm. using that tool. Um, but, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, having someone on your team like you to actually sit down and kind of understand what it is you're trying to achieve is a much better strategy. Yeah, I think um, because it is just me, I'm, I try and set up more sustainable kind of design for mm. um, other business owners um, so that they don't have to keep coming back to me because they don't want to be constantly spending the money every month. So, mm -hmm. you know, setting up a web design that people can edit themselves is super important to us. Yeah. Um, and then setting up Canva templates that are custom to your mm. brand, but then you can take away and use yourself. So it's like that middle. That's cool ground where you know you can still have these custom and beautiful things but you can still do it yourself so that you can keep the budget low um and that that is I, think, I like have to interrupt you and say that is the most important thing do you know how much money i've wasted in the 10 years of scrunch on fucking custom websites yeah like and every time i was like this is ridiculous i want to change one word and i have to get a software developer to do it so people need to like go with somebody that can set them up on a platform that is editable and self-managed yeah. and especially in your first few years of website mm. design it's going to change and your you know your target market's going to change quite quickly as you pivot and figure out what market you want to pick Yes. So, you know, you don't want to invest too much money in that at the very start, you know, mm. um, until you've figured out all those nickels and knots. Yeah. What are so? Well, speaking of that, as you're kind of trying to figure out what you what it is you stand for and what your brand is, if you were sitting down with a new customer and talking to them and trying to figure out what their brand was, like, do you have any tips on what people should think about before they come to you or, or what you'd go through with them? Mm. So particularly with the branding process, um, I always start off with a questionnaire so that I can really get people thinking deeply about their brand um, and starting so I can start to build some of that strategy around the visual identity. Mm. And we always ask is, um, you know, what motifs come to mind? You know, what symbols and imagery come to mind with your brand? It doesn't have to make sense. It can be a glass of wine and then I'll synthesise that down. Into hey, don't something. steal my brand, people. 
um, and then we ask things like what um, what adjectives do you want people to associate with your brand when they come and work with you and how do you want people to feel when they after they finish working with you mm. um, and just like having those emotions um, and getting the client to tell me what those three emotions are like just changes the game for how we look at the logo um, you know the colors the brand photography everything else mm. um, and then also it's it's not always good to look at your competitors, but we do look at competitors and see what's missing in that market yeah. um, or see things that we want to avoid and not copy and how we can come at something in the industry with a fresh new perspective. Mm. I love that because I think I reflect on, I guess, just being a business owner for a little while now. Yeah. And, you know, some of the things like, you know, with the, the bad voice in your head that tells you you're an idiot. Some of the things that I reflect on, I feel like you've kind of solved with those those things. So like sometimes I kind of go, you know, why would people work with us? There's so many people that do this right now. But when you're really clear on your point of difference and mm. how you do stand out, like that's so much easier to reconcile in your head. And even yeah. I love you saying the what are the emotions you associate with your business and brand because that's another thing. It's like if you can't show up for your business every day, if you don't love working in it, then that gets really hard. So if you've kind of done that brand work of establishing, you know, this is what we stand for. This is how we make people feel. This is how I feel. This is how I show up. This is how yeah. we're different. Like that's actually just great foundations for longevity in business. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And I think it's also a good self-reflection activity to like yes. see what you stand for. What do you want your business to stand for? Um, me, myself, I, you know, working on your own brand is quite difficult, but I really wanted, I'm really outspoken and um, I'm really opinionated um, and confident and I wanted that to shine through my brand. Um, it does. And- <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Good. No. Um, so, yeah, I wanted, you know, everything to reflect that and I want the people um, who I work with, you know, to have similar values and appreciate that when they go through the branding and web design process with me. So um, I think sh- showing that people knew um, straight away what to expect when working with me, like I'm not going to sit on the sit on uh, be a wallflower and um you know I'm going to be the one who tells them they're missing something um Mm -hmm. tell them they're missing some groundwork some marketing strategies before we even get to branding or website yeah are there any things well that's interesting talking about I guess those foundations what do people actually need to think about when it comes to a website are there things that they should be doing before they get to you or are there like some best practices that you know you you have to consider when you're building someone's website yeah I mean website design yeah it really is only one piece of the puzzle um you know you've got to have the sales um strategies to back it up um and also having a launch plan ready for when your website does go live um Mm -hmm. you know it's not going to make sales if the rest of your systems aren't working um and also making sure that you've picked the right target market to start with because if you're building a website and you've picked like a completely a target market where there's um, no demand for your product or your service, you know, um, the wrong words are going to be at the forefront. Um, You're talking to the wrong people. Um, 
So I think that's really important. So I always say, you know, getting some copywriting done first and foremost, and mm. a lot of copywriters do that extra la layer of strategy um, mm. and talk about, you know, your systems and how to be a bit more strategic with your words. Um, that's really important. Um, yeah. So much to bloody think about in business, isn't there? It is. It feels <laughs> quite natural once you start, but yeah. Um, yeah. That's why it's good having someone like you around that can step you through the process. Yeah. And I worked, in, I worked in so many different marketing teams. You know, I worked at Michael Hill Jeweler and that was a massive marketing team, obviously, with lots of different departments. And you yeah. can kind of see how everything interacts. Um, mm. And it's really prioritizing, you know, where you're going to get the most value and the most bang for your buck um, with your time and energy. Um, you know, not everyone can afford to be doing social media every day. Um, so I'm thinking about those other lead generation channel channels. Yeah. And what are your thoughts about like <clears throat> so from a branding and web point of view, website point of view, is it like do it once, forget about it? Or is this something that you should revisit often? What's your perspective on updating things? Depends if it's working for you and what you're like, are your visitors dropping off at a certain time? Are you not making sales? Um, yeah. Always assessing how how much or how little people are interacting with your website. Yeah. Um, if it's working well, um, I would focus your efforts elsewhere because we are we only have limited amounts of time as mm. business owners. So um, one thing that is always good to keep top of mind is, you know, making a blog post every now and again for organic SEO, yeah. changing a few words on each page just so every couple of months, just so Google can see you're giving us fresh content. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be heaps of stuff, but just so that Google knows it's fresh content. Um, yeah. Otherwise, we'll just keep being bumped down the Google ladder. <laughs> and we don't want that. We need to please the Google that. gods. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. No, that's so good. It's something that, you know, I feel like a, web, it, a website feels like a big project, brand feels like a big project. You kind of do wonder how often you need to revisit it or once you do that kind of, you know, I guess that that's like, it's like foundations, right? If you kind of do it right at the beginning, then it is just that those small tweaks rather than it being like a giant ordeal every, you know, couple of years or one to two years. So yeah. Like and if you that. have budget for it, invest early, get yeah. it done right the first time so that you yeah. don't have to, you know, throw it out and start again two years later because it wasn't what you wanted. Um, so, yeah, striking a good balance. Yeah, I can attest to that. I've thrown out many websites. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. I love it. Okay, so let's talk about your um, journey in business. So... <laughs> You know, we know that you've gone from career woman to business owner. What was it like, like making the leap from employee to business owner? Yeah. Um, and how did you make that decision? <laughs> I, I think I always wanted to have my own business. Like um, I definitely worked at some really, um, I definitely burnt a lot of midnight oil at a lot of places. And I think I realised if I'm going to be putting in this much hard work, I want to be doing it for myself and my own business. Um, and then I also just had a, a lot of support from friends, family, other women in business who just said, you can totally do this. Yes. Um, and 
yeah, it was just about backing myself 100% and just diving in and doing it. Um, mm. And that's how I learned. That's how I realized I loved it and I was meant to be doing this. I love it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely, you know, I, I went, I was often at, um, I was at a design agency once where um, we weren't allowed to ask questions of the client because it was perceived as being difficult. And oh. I just thought that's so not me. Like I'm mm. so open and honest and transparent, um, you know, and I wanted to build a business where it's okay to, you know, have a bit of a relationship with the client. Um, and definitely there's a market for people who just want you to go away and do the design. But I like the personal relationships that I build with people. Um, and I think that's something that I really enjoy about running my own business. And I think that's why I did it. I, and I also like, I mean, I get it, you know, some things I get outsourcing and saying, this is what I want, just do it and come back to me. But I kind of feel like if you didn't ask questions and really get to know people that I almost am certain the first thing that comes back, people wouldn't be happy with. Because I don't think mm. people can really articulate things sometimes. I don't think people can actually say, I want it to look like X, Y, Z. This is exactly yeah. what I'm all about. I mean, I'm 10 years in and I'm still like, I'll listen to a podcast and I'll be like, oh yeah, that's what it is. That's how to say it. Or I'm still trying to figure it out. Like if you didn't build those connections and relationships, I kind of feel like it'd be hard for you to do your job. Hmm. And I think it's also about um, coming with questions to the client, but also already having solutions ready to go um, so that they feel reassured, um, you know, if they're not sure about something. Um, Mm. And how do you go? I know you're in a co-work space. mm. How do you go? Like what's the, you know, structure of your day? Like have (laughs) you consciously done co-work space to be around other people? Like, how do you manage, you know, your energy? And I know you already said when you worked in for other people, you burnt the midnight oil anyway. So you're probably just that type of person. But how yeah. have you found it when it is more solo? Um, it's good because you can kind of embrace when you're feeling creative um, mm. and then relax and try and take a load off when you're not feeling creative like you know, it, doing a nine to five, if you're not feeling creative, you still have to show up and try and be creative, which, mm. you know, just burns, burns money. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Now, Sitting there staring at the screen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whereas now I'm like, I know I'm not going to be productive today. So I can, you know, enjoy the fruits of my labor and relax today yeah. um, and do other things that light me up and then come back tomorrow and be five mm. times more productive. Um, mm. And I think that's a really special part of owning your own business, getting to pick those hours. Um, yeah. yeah. That's so good. What about challenges? What's been your biggest challenge being in business for yourself? Mm. Definitely cash flow is really hard. Um, mm. But for me, I've always used that time to develop my skills further um, mm. and develop, you know, a really premium process for my clients so that they feel really taken care of when they come and work with me um and that's also meant um yeah yeah that's such I I think we were actually just talking about this before we hit record like 
what do you do in the quiet periods of business? And mm. um, and I love that because we actually didn't say skill development, but that makes perfect sense. Like yeah. we were talking about, you know, building, got, I guess, the on your business. So mm. systems, processes, courses, eBooks, lead magnets, all the stuff that's like when you are busy, you actually never get time for. Yeah. But it's really hard, I think. Like I find it difficult, you know, in slow periods not to just be panicking. <laughs> yeah. And I think one thing that I always picked up that other business owners told me mm. is that as soon as you're busy, raise your raise your rates. Oh, so my course, God. That's the best tip. Yes. So, of course, I'm going to have down periods. Um, and, as, of course, there's going to be some drop-offs in cash flow. Mm. But because I've raised my rate, um, because I'm offering more and a more bespoke and custom service, um, you know, there's going to be space in between. And so seeing it as a really positive thing instead of a negative mm. thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's, I love that um, reframe. You've done that twice in this <laughs> podcast of the, you know, seeing the opportunities and the positive side of things. Yeah. Um, it's so important, right? It is, uh, I think, um, hard sometimes, you know, not to let your mind wander and worry about things. But if you do choose to reframe things as more positive, then that can only be a good thing, right? Yeah, 100%. Um, and I think my business is changing a lot every day as well, I think, as everyone's does in those first few years of business. So yeah. you know, I relish all those opportunities to really refocus on what it is I want to be achieving that's so good. I love it. And what about um, one thing I always ask people is, you know, if you could reflect on your time in business and give advice to someone that might be either considering starting their own business or is perhaps just started and is going, oh, my God, what the hell did I get myself into? Do you have any words of wisdom or advice for female founders or women in business who, yeah, who might be needing some advice? <laughs> yeah, look honestly back yourself 100 percent um like more than any skills or more than experience it's um it's backing yourself and having the confidence in yourself day in day out mm. um and for me that was quitting my nine to five jumping into business sink or swim um doing that was just executing showing myself that I have confidence in myself um, so you can have those doubts, but forcing yourself through it anyway, um, I think is just such an important thing about business. Like it's just a limitless amount of confidence you need, right, every day. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, so true. I um, Do you have tips to getting there? So I know you just said, okay, even on the days you don't feel like it, you've got to force yourself into it. Do you have any tips for like how you do that on the days that you don't want to show up, how you find the confidence to back yourself? Well, it's not a nine to five anymore. So if I'm not feeling it today, then I have the rest of the day to yeah. pull myself back together and then tomorrow's a fresh day and you start again. Mm. And um, so although you might have those little downs throughout the day, blips. resetting yourself, <laughs> yeah. those little blips, resetting yourself at the start of the day um, mm. and coming back with confidence or forcing yourself to have confidence is really important. Yeah. Um, and I think also just utilising other women in business to lean on is really important. I don't know yes. how many times I've come to you with my business problem. <laughs> um, 
and I think, you know, especially in Brisbane, um, mm. the business community is really close and really supportive of each other. So yes. um, remembering who helped you um, and remembering to repay that back and say thank you is really important as well. Yeah, that's so true. I um, I mean, it's funny. I like the idea of, you're right, it's not a nine to five. So you can, you do have those opportunities to sort of reflect and look after yourself. I find sometimes with me, it's just like, as soon as I give myself permission to just stop, like, so it's like when I go, if you're looking at this to-do list, it's overwhelming. I'm going, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't feel like it. Having that moment. As soon as I go, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to go and have a bath and um, read a book and have a glass of wine, depending on what time of day it is. And then it's almost like as soon as I get in, I've gone through, I've gone, cool, I'm leaving that to-do list behind, I'll deal with it later. And then as soon as I, like, get in the bath and, like, two minutes later I'm like, oh, I really want to do that stuff now. <laughs> like, yeah. it's just like giving your permission, yourself permission to actually take a break and step away and go, you know what, the world's not going to end if I don't do that right now. Take care of me and I'll be reinvigorated. Yeah, I think that's especially true for you and you and me, our type A personalities. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. It's just, I don't know, it's so bizarre. I, yeah, I just find as soon as I start relaxing, I go into awesome, now I can do everything and build the empire and take over the world yeah. mode. I'm like, no, you're meant to be relaxing. <laughs> yeah. I think it's also like just following your intuition with a yeah. lot of it, you know, yeah. Um you can buy all the courses in the world, um, you mm. know, um, but in the end there's going to be a gut feeling that feels right for you and you're only going to learn unless when you try it. So yeah. I always want to be trusting my intuition and trying the thing and seeing if it works and then all learning from my mistakes. Yeah, I love that. Um, I think you're so right you know, when you start a business, you don't know what's ahead of you, right? You don't, you know, you've got to wear so many different hats. You have no idea what the path looks like. You kind of have a clue as to what you want to do for people, but even that changes over time. So you're right, trusting your gut and and trying things out and sort of navigating the path. I love that. That's the best advice ever. Yeah. And I think um, being how I positioned myself and my brand as being me, and being open and honest, I can kind of afford to make mistakes occasionally and um, mm. be really human and be upfront and honest with my clients about what's going yeah. on. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not a big company where I need to put on a super, you know, um, you know, put on a different face to mm. try and show some sort of professionalism like I'm human. Um, and I think that's one thing that people always come to me because I, they know I'll be honest no matter what happens down the road. Um, yeah. You know, I'll be the first to tell them if something's wrong with the website and then the first to fix it as well. Um, mm. So that like little element of humanity in our brands and putting ourselves forward on social media and our websites, like that really assists you further down the line with all your interactions. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, it's interesting when you when you see people interact with big brands, um, how they do forget that there's humans on the other side of yeah. their a, a customer service emails or their posts on social media. 
So I think you're right. Like there is actually a benefit of showing up a little bit more human and being open with people, being honest and sharing your journey. Um, Yeah, that's actually really interesting. I'd not thought about that because that's what I say when I talk to people about influencer marketing. I'm like, you've got to remember that the influencer on the other side um, of the email is a person. They're not just their Instagram account. And I'm like to the influencer, you've got to remember that there's a human on the other end of the marketing email that you're emailing trying to get work. You know, you're so right. It is just we're all just sitting here behind our email inboxes trying the best we can. So sometimes humanifying, that's not a word, the brand um, could probably yeah bode well I think for business growth yeah and I think like a client came to me the other day um and said to me I've got this problem with our website it was not my website it was someone else's and I said mm. I don't know if I can fix it but I'll have a look and I'll let you know mm. and I think people like that switch in honesty because like I'm not going to tell you I can do everything I can't yeah. um but I'm a really good problem solver and mm-hmm. I will always find a solution so instead of looking for someone who can solve all your problems just find someone who's a good um problem has a good problem solution way to work through issues um mm-hmm. and I think that's what I do really well Oh, my God. I love it so much. Thank you so much, Steph, for joining me on Spark TV. You are absolutely incredible. Um, I know, you know, there's so many people listening in right now who are going, oh, my God, I've got to get my brand locked in. (laughs) So I know we would have inspired some people to have a reflect on their businesses. So you're incredible. Thank you for joining us. Sales and a good website is all you need. Sorry, that's us too. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh my God, new podcast sales and a good website is all you need. <laughs> yeah, that's that wraps another episode of Spark TV. Thank you so much for listening. I hope there was something in there that you needed today to help you on your business journey. We would absolutely love it if you subscribed and leave a review. This helps the Spark podcast find its way to other amazing women in business. If you want to hang out with us even more, join Spark 365 and you'll have me show up in your inbox every damn day with a business growth tip. Check it out at sparkfoundersprogram.com. Shout out to Spark TV sponsor IP Australia for their amazing support of the Spark podcast and women in business. And if no one tells you today, you've got this.